This week's Raider game against the Bengals is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raider debit card. All of the same great features and benefits now with silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. David Locke is going to join us here momentarily. Jazz coming off a win over the Toronto Raptors. And PK, that was a tale of two halves. The lousy version of the Jazz turned the ball over, gave up a gazillion rebounds, trailed at halftime. The fabulous version of the Jazz hit three-pointers, moved the ball, and dominated the second half. I didn't think they were lousy in the first half. Really? Lousy? Yes. That's too strong. 27 points off uh, second-chance points and uh, turnovers. And you're down by two or three? Yep. That's in great spot. Yeah, but you're playing Toronto, who's got a losing record on the road, lost five out of six. I mean, the Jazz are going to be measured against better teams. Uh, sure, but they weren't playing better teams. That's what I'm saying. They're playing Toronto. Right. Who they crushed. And who is the worst matchup possible for them. <laughs> Just grab that and hold on, baby. Just give that a long Only hug. know what I read. <laughs> you said you're going to confront them on this, so you David better. Locke. Yeah, we'll make it the first question. <laughs> Well, I think that you know your opponent, and that factors into your mental sharpness, too. So By halftime, there's a sense of urgency. Like, okay, yeah. we're screwing around and messing this up. Let's knock it off. Right. Everything that they were doing wrong was fixable. So it wasn't, and they fixed it. Yeah. They stopped giving up so many rebounds, and offensive rebounds especially, and they stopped turning the ball over. They had one where Donovan expected Joe to zig, and he zagged and threw the ball into the backcourt, and the frustration was obvious, and... Shortly after that, the Jazz started rolling. Yeah, I think that was in the third quarter, though, wasn't it? Right. It was was early in the third quarter. And clearly, that's the kind of thing they've been talking about at halftime. Right. Quit turning the ball over. We're screwing this game up. Let's go. For a November 18th game, I couldn't have been happier. The second half was 58-40 to Jazz. That's a butt kicking. Yeah. They do that, they're going to have all sorts of success. And it's a long time between now and the postseason. So <laughs> I'm not even thinking of that. You know, we're not even to Christmas. Thanksgiving, obviously. 67 so, games to yeah, go. So it's, in a sense, not completely, but in a sense, these are preseason games. I mean, it just has no bearing on anything. The only, way, the only reason we're going to remember this game is because it was Rudy Gay's first game. And, and it was he shot out. the three so well. Yeah. And he looked like, wow, if he comes anywhere near doing that, that's the greatest pickup in franchise history. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, if Rudy Gay shoots 80% from three, the Jazz are going to be really good. Right. If he plays like that, and and the thing that I loved was his level of confidence. I mean, he just seemed like, and he's a veteran guy. He's 35 years old. So why why wouldn't he? He's had a lot of individual success in this league Mm -hmm. because if you're 35 years old and you've been in the league this long, just by definition, just by the fact that you remain in the league, you've had to have some type of success, right? You're not going to get to this point. By being an end-of-the-bench guy who rarely plays for the 15th straight year. You're not a backup backup quarterback behind a Hall of Famer. Right, which that happens in that league. And doesn't really happen in this league, you know, because of the salary cap and the more you advance in the league – the more money you make, and so the more they, they can't, can't afford, afford you. Right. right. Uh, so, um, but you, you couldn't have been more impressed 
And even, even the shots went in, but the, the just his stature and his body language and all that stuff is something you'd expect from someone who has so much experience and understands exactly what he's getting into. DJ and PK, it is time to welcome in David Locke, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. His weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team, and he joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain's given free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. David, good morning. How are my friends over at Murdoch? Uh, they are good. We are at Murdoch Chevy in Woods Cross this morning with Utah, Oregon tickets to give away. Stop by, enter to win. We will draw the winner uh, at the end of the show. If somebody wants to go to the big game tomorrow night. So, Do we want Utah good. to win this game? Well, if you're a Utah fan, yes. And if you're a BYU fan, no. <laughs> right, but even but if Utah loses, you're a Stanford fan. I would think that no, you don't want Utah to win because you want Oregon to go to the playoff, and Oregon's no, got to so, win them we're all. We're so horrendously terrible. Why would you want that? Because they want the money. They get more money. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll take the money. And, but and you want that just the rep of the Phil pack. Knight being, outfits both programs. True man. story. That's another reason you got to be nice to Uncle Phil. <laughs> And your Pac-12 team, you're just sick of hearing the Pac-12 can't get a team in the playoff. Get a team in the playoff. Right. Isn't it actually advantageous for Utah to lose both games to Oregon and then just go play the Rose Bowl? Not necessarily, no. Okay. I mean, they could get bypassed depending on what other teams do. Would they take 8-5 Utah? If ASU wins out, they could be 9-3. and three. If UCLA wins out, they're 8-4. and four. Your scenario, Utah's 8-5. and five. There could be two teams. And then they don't make the Rose Bowl. Right. All right. I'm just trying to get Kyle in the Rose Bowl. Uh, Yeah, I don't think he wants to backdoor it, though. Fair enough. Run the table. Take care of it. Yeah, that'll solve it. He'd want it then, for sure. Yeah. Beat Oregon, beat Colorado, win the Pac-12 title game, win the Rose Bowl. Boom. Yeah. You fans, you fans are take signing a off on that. And yeah, right. Take a chariot and sign off. Yeah, absolutely. Finish on that. Be like the second what? biggest win in franchise in school history. Behind. Uh, isn't the Alabama win the biggest win ever? Winning a Rose Bowl as a Pac-12 champ might be bigger. I guess we have to see how it oh. plays out. The Alabama win was huge. I guess we have to see how it plays out, who they get, blah, blah, blah. All right, David, so uh, you posted yesterday, and PK saw this and read it, and he has run with it, and I couldn't believe you said this. Toronto, what's the quote, PK? Toronto? Something like the most difficult matchup? Worst possible matchup? Golden State would be a tougher (laughs) matchup than Toronto. How can Toronto be the worst possible matchup, David? Because I think with Toronto, with OG Ananobi as well, they they obviously are missing, you know, arguably their best player. Um... They what the things they do well are the things that we don't do well, um, and so that's why it's such a tough match. So they play in transition. We don't defend in transition. They force turnovers. We have a propensity for turnovers. They lead the league in offensive rebounding. We have shown a, a tendency to not protect the defensive glass, and we're small, other than Rudy. Um, they 
play a handoff game instead of a pick-and-roll game, which is our strength is pick-and-roll defense. If we have a weakness, it's transition defense and, half, and handoff defense. So when you start to kind of look at all the things that they do well, they also match all the things we don't do well. Um, they're wildly athletic and long. We're not. Um, so, you know, they've been really built on athletes. You know, at one point last night, they checked in two guys that were 6'9", 200 pounds. I'm not sure there's three guys in the NBA that are 6'9", 200 pounds. You know, Masai Ujiri looks for a certain type of player and goes and grabs them. We look for a certain type of player and go and get them. They're just different. And so, you know, ours are, uh, with Rudy, have all been offensive-minded scoring players. Um, and, you know, they, they look at athletic, defensive, turnover-forcing speed. Like Nick Nursex was kind of making a joke in the pregame, was re- like referencing speed as a player. And, and that's what they do. They play a speed game. So those weaknesses that you just mentioned, we all know about them, but how serious are they? Well, last night they weren't very serious. I mean, we turned it over a lot, but I don't really care if we turn it over and have an offensive rating of 125. Right. Um, so, you know, last night they were not particularly significant. We dealt with it really well. We moved the ball. Um, you know, they were not at full strength. They're not great anymore. You know, Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry are missing, and they're playing a lot of young kids. And when suddenly they lose 40 minutes of OG and Anobi, then that drop, you know, then they're playing some guys that that are a pretty big drop and we took advantage of that, but I thought we were really good last night. I don't want to, you know, that is what I just said is true that they were missing guys that are really, that, you know, a, a guy that's super important to a team. that's not as deep as it once was. And so on one level, you don't want to minimize it on the other level. We were just really good last night. They, we played with a pretty good tenacity. We moved the ball. We stayed sharp. Um, we adjusted really well throughout the game. There was, we were playing our bigs were, our level, big level of the screen was off in the second quarter, and they torched us. Um, both Van Vliet and Trent got going. I think their offensive rating in the second quarter was like a 150. Um, and then, you know, and then we adjusted. So, um, you know, I think you also saw – I was talking to someone who, you know, knows the game way better than me on um, whatever night that was before a game, prepping for them, and I just kind of sent out a text to someone and said, like, why aren't they winning more? They're really good. And they just said, you're playing too many young guys. And, you know, I think we we, we love young guys, and they're really fun and exciting. They just don't win in, in this league. It's just too hard. So, you know, Scotty Barnes is a nice player, and Blanton's kind of an interesting heck of a late second-round pick. And Malachi Flynn had to play a lot last night. He's an okay player who I really liked out of the draft. was pretty bad last night, but, you know, he's really basically a rookie. Uh, Precious Oshawa, who didn't play last night, is basically a rookie. You know, they're just playing a lot of young players. Young players don't win in the So at halftime, the Jazz were uh, suffering from all the matchup issues you talk about. There were too many offensive rebounds for Toronto. There were too many points in transition off of turnovers. Toronto's up 63-61. And they've got almost half their points off turnovers and offensive rebounds. The Jazz, man, they shut that faucet off in the second half, and they were hitting shots. So the Jazz win the second half 58-40. Is it as simple as the team just getting focused, uh, more intense, paying attention to details, whatever you want? Is it just as simple as that? And for, I don't know, 70, 80, 90% of the league, the Jazz will just handle them. If they just focus on a a few of their weaknesses, because it it changed everything in the second half. So – 
two things on that, DJ. One is I think you're exactly right. Um, and Ron Boone said it after the game. If you looked at the, he would suspect that you looked at Toronto and they got worse quarter by quarter in every game they played because they're so, they're just unique and different and play with such tenacity that as the as the game went on, teams would figure them out. The data actually doesn't back that up, but it makes I think the eyeball test is right on that. That you know there are a few teams in this league who just play very differently than everybody else in the league. Golden State right now is is one of them, and it's just not a common way to play. Miami's another, and so I think it takes a little while for people to kind of figure it out, and the Jazz did figure out. The other one is let's go to the Jazz strengths. So the Jazz strengths are if you're in the half court, we're in, our defense is still really mm-hmm. good. We've just really struggled in transition this year, and we struggle when people get second-chance opportunities. So if you cut off the faucet to those two things, we're now playing to our – and you're making shots, which the Jazz were in the third quarter. I think she shot almost 70%. You can't get out in transition. You're in the half court against the Jazz. And then if you go to Toronto's weaknesses, they're a terrible pick-and-roll team. That's why they run so many handoffs. Van Vliet's like .8 points per pick-and-roll. And he runs 50% of their pick-and-rolls. So and so he's not – they don't have an option in the half court against us. Like, I mean, they, they, their, transi- their transition – their handoff game is a speed, early handoff downhill game, and we just cut that off. And, and once we kind of figured out the level of screen for our bigs, it was – it was lights out. They, they just couldn't score in the half court. I think they were about 0.8 points for half court possession. How's that? Just data. Just data. Now take that for data, Patrick Kinahan. Take that for data. That was the Memphis guy who's now the assistant coach at the for the Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that where Fizz is? Yeah, I think that's where Fizz is. Yeah. Mr. Fizzdale. Um, so do long you time see... Mi- long time Miami Heat assistant yeah, before that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. LA, LA City kid. Uh, do you oh, see... Yeah. It was just a trade-off for Gay for pa- uh, Pascal. Is that you, how you see Rudy being implemented in the lineup? Oh, I think he starts to take Joe a few from Joe and a few from Jordan if he plays well. Like, I mean, he's really good. Like, if he's, I mean, it depends if he's better than they are, right? Like, so I don't know what I, I you know, last night was exceptional. Um, he brings great size. He brings some rebounding. Um, might take a few from Whiteside. Okay, might play some center. Um, he played played center last year. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure how it plays out. And defensively is going to be the question of what he can do in space at this age. Um, and he revealed last night via Instagram and his post game that it's been six months. I mean, this is so. I mean, that's a long journey for a guy. And he said it like uh, you have to be a little crazy. And you know, probably 16 years in the league with all your accolades to go through a six month rehab. So he had surgery. What six months May? Is that right? Um, you know, that's a long journey back. So he had to teach himself how to walk again. Um, so this is really, you know, I, I don't, you know, I didn't know what it was, but this sounds really significant. And so, um, I, I do think let's, you know, last night was fabulous. He's the heck of a player. He's got a lot of accolades. He's shown to be a chameleon, uh, and be able to adjust to his scene beautifully, uh, in San Antonio, depending on their needs. But let's, let's let some time play out and have a larger sample size and see where his body is at this age and what his lateral quickness still is and some things like that. He's old. He's played a lot of, he's played a thousand and ten games in this league. It's an incredible amount. Um, and so, you know, depending on what he can do, if he's, if he's Rudy Gay really high level, then he's going to take a lot of guys minutes because he's better than there. David Locke joining us here. David, I'm figuring that uh, it's the NBA. Somebody's going to get hurt, so the whole minutes thing is just going to play itself out. 
So 100%. What, the, what you're saying about is who's going to get the playoff minutes, and even that could vary series to series based on the matchup. But I think the thing Rudy Gay could give them, and it's could, so I'm interested to what degree you believe this, is that we know the Jazz want layups and dunks at the rim, and we know they want threes and free throws. But you need a little bit of a mid-range game, and when a team starts switching everything, you got to have some matchups where you're going to win. Is Rudy Gay going to punish smaller guys who switch on to him? Is he going to move them in that 10 to 12 to 15-foot range and score over them and give the Jazz another option in an area of the game where we know they have struggled at times in playoff series and ended up getting eliminated? Is he going to provide that? And if so, to what level? Yeah, I mean, let's go to the Clippers. So just to build off what you're saying, and then I, I don't know if I have an answer, but, you know, let's go to the Clippers series. The Jazz, they're switching one through five. They have four guys on the floor that are 6'8", 220, which was unique to the Clippers. And then they have Reggie Jackson, who's big. He's 6'4", but he was the weak. So with Rudy Gay, in theory, at that point, you go probably to some sort of a lineup that maybe either Gay's at the center or he's, at least at times, you're not going to play without Rudy. Like, let's let's – you know, Rudy's going to play. Rudy's like our, one of our two best players. He's going to play. Um, but there might be some minutes in which Rudy Gay plays instead of Rudy Gobert, or you just have Rudy Gay on the floor and you run an interchange, and then Reggie Jackson at six four is guarded by Rudy Gay, and you send him down to the post. Um, the Jazz have a particular play that they run that Rudy Gay runs off a pick and then immediately takes the point, the smaller guard into the post for a post up. You'll see it. Um, I mean, they've run it with Boyan, so it's the same play. Um, I, I won't give you the play call. It'll probably be frowned upon. Uh, but So, yes, you will see teams switching one through five and then the Jazz running. Um, or even teams switching one through four, which is maybe more common, and seeing the Jazz take Rudy Gay into the post on that smaller guard um, and, and try to take advantage of some post play. I think then teams quickly double. And the question is whether Rudy Gay moves it well enough to open shooters and hit threes. Take that for data. <laughs> Take that for data. All right, more data. The Kings, the Jazz will try to beat them a third time here. Game 16. They're already putting the Kings a third time. That's odd. But uh, that's uh, Saturday night, 8 o'clock start on the Zone Sports Network. And David Locke will have the call let for me, you. Let me see if you buy this theory. Tell me if you buy this the Kings dictate this game on Saturday. As good as the Jazz are, and the Jazz are better than Sacramento, when you're playing a team a third time in 30 days, they might be broken, right? They've already they, they've looked in the mirror already. They've lost five or six, six or seven, something, disaster. Their only wins against Detroit. Bad stretch. But if they're not broken and they still believe, shouldn't they get us once out of thir- in 30, 30 days? Guess that depends on how good you think the Jazz are because there are sweeps in the NBA. I know there aren't a lot of them, but they are sweeps, and they happen when one of the best teams plays one of the worst teams. Well, are the Jazz one of the best teams and the Spurs one of the worst teams? Raise the expectations here, David. The Jazz are good. They're really good. No, they Especially are really good. I don't, think Sacramento, I don't think Sacramento is one of the – I guess this is what I'm saying. If Sacramento, we're going to find out if Sacramento is really one of the worst teams. Yeah, well, they're not the Pelicans. They they're not the Pelicans without Zion, and they're not Houston trying to rebuild from the ashes. So we we might see Zion, by the way. 
You guys pick that up? I'm waiting for PK to say so. I see Zion every day, guys. <laughs> ah, nice. Nice. Well, well played. You know, well. it is such a pleasure <laughs> to do a show with you guys. I just, you know what? Like, I come on with a smile. I'm excited to talk with you guys. Your knowledge base is fabulous. Your humor, well, it's okay. And you guys are really, you're two of the best. And it's a great pleasure to be on the show. All right. Thank you, David. We will talk to you again next week, and we will hear you in Sacramento tomorrow night as the Jazz try to make it three in a row over the Kings. You bet. All right. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joining us right here on 97.5 at 1280. That's tough, Snakey. If you play one team just like once in six months, it's tough to beat them. (laughs) (laughs) There are sweeps, and they usually come when the best teams play the worst teams. Dell. Jazz are really one of the best. Make a run at it. All you got to do is be better. There you go. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair, it's 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text hair to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.utahairmd.com. Dot com. Joe Ingles is coming up at 8.30 right here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone.